to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, our position is. There you go. That was a very clear answer. What? Years ago for Manafort, who, that, as I mentioned to our guest an hour ago, the guy who knows a lot about this sort of stuff, how about you get arrested and everybody says, yeah, we saw that coming. <laughs> like with Manafort. <laughs> right. Everybody right. in D.C. knew he was a crook. I think right. that's why everybody was so surprised when Trump hired him to be his campaign manager. Speaking of Kevin Spacey, the reaction to his scandal mm. was really interesting. We'll get to that. You know, not only what Rosie O'Donnell said, which was notable, not that, you know, I find Rosie to be a paragon of much, but um, her reaction was notable and, and some of your reactions, too. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Sure. Also, you know, I knew it, it, there would immediately be angry certainty in response to our Bo Bergdahl uh, situation. Um, so you guys believe what a deserter is saying as he goes, what he went through as a prisoner, guy who's obviously a bit nutty, raised by a nutty father. Can we believe anything he says? There are military rules for deserters, and this one caused the death of six men who tried to locate him. Hard to feel terribly sympathetic. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. But if we're going to have anywhere in our country a rule's a rule, no exceptions, you'd think it might be where the lines meet on a battlefield. Right. You know, it's interesting uh, commenting on uh, DB's note is uh, he, he states there are military rules for deserters. And one of them is that the judge now has the discretion to either sentence him to time served or mm. life in prison, which is really interesting. So I'm certain, I hope, when the judge does hand down his uh, sentence, he explains it for us. Because, yeah, terrible things happen to people who went on extra patrols or different uh, patrols or whatever trying to find him. So an absolutely valid point. I've got a couple of ninjas I'm sending door to door this evening. Cultural appropriation. Of ninjas? Of, of, of the Japanese art of slinking around killing people. I uh, got to keep my eye out for cultural appropriation, and I'm going to lecture every child and parent I see. That's my plan. I've it's a, a culture, not a costume. Exactly. I'll say that to Ninjas? a lot. I'll say that to a lot of little girls and a lot of little boys. That's good. That's good. Good uh, for you. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and ninja, you know, also certified ninja. You know, <laughs> if, if some little kid comes dressed as a lion, I don't care if they're two years old. I'm going to yell at him. It's a species, not a costume. <laughs> ah, ah, mommy, I'm. Uh, I've got a moral dilemma. I actually kind of like the Halloween. I like seeing the little kids dress. Sure. It reminds me when my kids were young. I'm wistful lately. I'm wistful. Talked to Little D from college yesterday. Uh, it was great. It was good to talk to her. But uh, my son, he's way over there. My daughter, she's my other daughter. She's way, they're getting as far as they can from, from me. That much is clear. <laughs> they, uh, but I miss them. I like them all. At least a couple of them have gone as far as they can in the contiguous U.S. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> now it's foreign lands, really. That's uh, Anyway. Um, but yeah, the, but I like the Halloween, but a buddy of mine said, listen, if you want to avoid trick-or-treaters, come watch the ball game. And I'd like to watch the ball game with him and other people. If he hadn't said avoid trick-or-treaters, I'd probably just do it. Yeah, I'm never trying to avoid trick-or-treaters. No. 
I don't mind. I don't mind jumping up and down, mostly because Judy does it. Oh, my favorite part of today is probably going to be picking up my kindergartner because they're all in costume and they'll all be coming out of the class at the same time. Do they allow that at your school? That's wrong. It must be something. Must be class by class. I don't know what the kindergartners can. My second grader can't. Oh, for some reason, stupid. I know it was same same school, same building, same school, same building. Way to ruin America, you morons. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, because it was one of the. Well, it, it's happened in schools. It's happened in the workplace. A lot of the stuff that was the most fun, that just for a moment, there was a little camaraderie and esprit de corps and, hey, aren't we having a good time right. at work or at school or wherever. And we've stamped that out of life as much as we can for some reason. Often out, out of some thin, thin, made-up concern over somebody feeling underprivileged or denied or something some like that. Some poor kid won't have the right costume and feel bad, or a Muslim parent might, even even if it doesn't Get happen. Get over it. Yeah. It, it, you know what it teaches you? It teaches you to be adaptable in different groups of people. And the whole have-have-not thing. Listen, I'm not going to do some Monty Python-esque sketch where I explain that I grew up with no pants and had to go pantless till I was 17 or anything like that. <laughs> Listen, we, we, I, had, uh, I grew up in a loving home and we had enough food to eat. We were nowhere near wealthy, and it was a place where I rubbed elbows with, I worked for uh, as a kid, uh, wealthier people, et cetera, et cetera. There were haves and have-nots, and really, 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 really have-nots. And to the extent that I was a have-not, you know what that did to me? Would you like to know what that did to me, my progressive friends? It made me ambitious. It made me think, I'd like to be able to afford that. So I decided, all right, I'm going to work until I can afford that. I made choices. I decided you know, to, to work longer than other people and work harder and longer than them because I wanted that stuff. It didn't, didn't make me suicidal that my buddy had a nice car because his parents could afford it. Made me think, wow, I'd like to not be driving this S-heap, which was the only S-heap my family owned. It it didn't kill me. It gave me goals. God, what is it? The sheep are running the farm, Jack. The sheep who want merely to be sheared, who want merely to be told where to go into their pen and eat their sheep food. I don't know what sheep eat. What do sheep eat? Grass? Sheep food. Alfalfa. Alfalfa. Thank you. Did the sheep, how about the farmers of the world rise up and say, make choices. If you want to dress up for Halloween, dress up. If you don't, because you're a Muslim or an Orthodox Jew or you're afraid of ghosts or whatever, that's fine. Understand that these people want to. They're having fun, and it's no harm on you. So much fun. My whole childhood day, everybody would dress up, and there'd be like a parade where all the students would walk around, and we'd all look at all the costumes, and it was fun. But they don't want fun anymore. Buddy of mine just texted, texted, Ninja, please. <laughs> wow, there you go. That's politically incorrect. So, Jack, LD50 is the principle that if you give a certain dose and half of the subjects die, that's your lethal dose 50, your LD50. So a bunch of scientists got together to figure out how much Halloween candy it would take to kill you. Wouldn't you throw it up first? Well, that is the major stumbling block in this scenario. Virtually anybody would would vomit long before they got enough. You know, it's probably like booze. Most of the time you do. Sometimes people don't and they die. Right. Um, and, And it would certainly make you feel just horrific. But sucrose, the kind of sugar found in candy, the LD50 
is about 28 grams per kilogram of weight or about 13 and a half grams per pound. As I guessed. 30 grams per kilogram is a very, very high end for LD50. Most things would have a lesser dose. In other words, sucrose isn't very toxic. In comparison, now we're talking about 20 or uh, about uh, is, uh, Do you have any real world, world terms like I can eat 50 M&Ms and it'll kill me or anything I'm, like that? I'm getting there. This is science, Jack. Uh, so uh, how many LD50? It was uh, 13 and a half grams per pound. In contrast, uh, aspartame, it's 10 grams per kilogram, not 30. Um, you eat too much candy, you'll have a giant aspartame. That's what you'll have. <laughs> grain alcohol has an LD50 of 7 grams per kilogram, not 30. Caffeine is 0.2 grams per kilogram would kill you. I was there yesterday, I think. Real close to killing (laughs) myself with caffeine. Blah, 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 verbiage, verbiage, verbiage. The average fun-sized candy has 9.3 grams of sugar. Therefore, an American adult who weighs 180 pounds, which is about the average adult, men's and women's, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they would have to consume 5.4 pounds of sugar Oof. all at once to reach the sucrose LD50. That's essentially an entire bowl of Halloween candy or about 262 fun-sized pieces at a single sitting. So, okay, I'm a little heavier than that. So I'd have to eat about six pounds of candy probably, which or is a lot of candy. 300 fun-sized candy bars. It wouldn't be fun there toward the end. No, the last 50 would not be fun. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. Jack, That's you pay, not fun. Would you pay Sean $1,000? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, wait a minute. There you go. Let's test this out. I'll give Sean $1,000 if he can eat six pounds of candy. What's and, my time and frame? And not die. God, I'm not sure he could do it in a week. If he dies, he doesn't Uh-oh. get paid. Six pounds in a week? You'd have to eat dang near a pound a day. No, no, no. I won't. I'm stepping in here. I'm the adult in the room. I'm 10 days older than Jack. The two of you settle down, go to your rooms. I don't think you could eat a pound of candy every day for a week. How much does a Snickers bar weigh? (laughs) I'm going to weigh it during the break. Yeah. What's a Steinway? Uh, Let's see. A child who weighs 70 pounds. That'd which be is, my second grader. Which is about average for a 10-year-old. Would have to eat about 100 fun-sized candies to hit the threshold. 100? 100. Boy, a kid, a kids could eat, but they could eat a dozen or so. Says the blab-coated egghead involved in this article, quote, more than likely they'd throw up before reaching the lethal dose. Yeah. So 100, that's what I got to tell my boy. He'll be interested in that. Yeah. 100 of those would kill you. Anything short, you're fine. <laughs> To apply the ACS calculation to people of different sizes, enter a person's weight into this equation. Weight times 13.5 over 9.3. Gotcha. So just do that at home or as you drive, (laughs) and that's how many candies you'd have to eat to die of Halloween candy. Bon appetit. That is a pretty sad way to go, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Buried in a mountain of candy wrappers. How did you lose Ed? Well, he, he decided he wanted to eat... 300 Snickers bars so in one sitting. I think I would have to eat about nine Snickers bars a day to get to a pound a day. God, you would hate them so much. You could do that the first day. That wouldn't be easy. Nine is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say. God. Can you imagine? Imagine eating three in a row. Oh, I'm getting a little sick thinking no, about you it. Sir, you would go into insulin shot. Oh. 
All right, so reaction to the Kevin Spacey situation. Similar to Harvey Weinstein, everybody's saying, oh, yeah, that's an open secret. Yeah, that and gay fellers weighing in on the whole mentoring a younger gay man thing. Gotcha. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. to go back to 1993 when I was interviewed by the Santa Barbara Police Department. I sat there and I gave them the names. They're on record. They have all of this information, but they were scanning Michael Jackson. All they cared about was trying to find something on Michael Jackson. Who you said, by the way, did not abuse you. Who Michael was innocent, and that was what the interview was about with the police in 1993. I told them he is not that guy. Boy, that's interesting. Corey Feldman, who's really out there now trying to get everybody's attention. Look, I've been telling you for years about the predators on children in Hollywood, including me. Maybe now you'll believe me. And he told them back in 93, but everybody was interested in Michael Jackson at the time. So they just put aside those other names and ignored them. And Michael Jackson didn't abuse Corey Feldman, which I believe is true. I have no reason to doubt it. No. The other stuff, I don't know about Jacko. Right. So uh, Kevin Spacey accused after 30-some years by a fellow actor of uh, attempting to sex him up when he was 14 years old. And what's really interesting about this is some of the reactions. Um, Not only uh, the cancellation of House of Cards and uh, the fact that, wait a minute, some guy claims 32 years ago you drunkenly came on to him, he was underage, nothing really happened, and... And everybody went their separate ways. That seems like kind of flimsy stuff to end a successful series on. Well, you need to consider, for instance, what Rosie O'Donnell said. She's calling out Kevin Spacey for having a rep as a predator in Hollywood. Uh, do you have that uh, that Family Guy clip still? Find that, would you? Saying everyone in Hollywood knew. Rosie took to Twitter Monday and didn't mince words. And I quote, You don't remember the incident 30 years ago? F you, Kevin. She spells it out. Like Harvey, we all knew about you. I hope more men come forward. That's something. Uh, Rosie added, quote, no one knew details like Harvey, but you knew both were creepy men and with reps that said so. Now, is his rep for going after underage or or just uh, like sexually harassing other dude actors? Um, Which, well, I don't know. I mean, she's responding to the the uh, assault on a 14-year-old and said, like Harvey, we all knew about you. I mean, that would seem to, to, you know, imply rather strongly that, yeah, he's got a rep for going after underage guys. So with this Family Guy clip, did you come up with that? Yes, I did. Here it is. And this is 2005, by the way. I've escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement. Help me. And that's Stewie running naked through a mall. Right, right. Help. It's a hell of a joke to make. Yeah, 
I'd say. And uh, as uh, as a number of people pointed out, no pushback from Kevin Spacey on that joke either. And remember, that's the same Seth MacFarlane who several times through the years made rather pointed Harvey Weinstein is a sexual predator jokes. So, you know, he's got a history of, of using his show to say out loud what you can't say out loud, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Cartoon character says it. It's different. Don't. So we got a bunch of reaction, as you might expect. Kevin Space, the claim he is gay is crap. He's just trying to back people off. He's a pedophile. He wants to sex up little boys. A lot of gay leaders, columnists, activists, et cetera, said the same thing. Hmm. Um, uh, one in particular said, uh, Kevin Spacey has just invented something that never used to exist, a bad time to come out. Uh, ask some gay parents raising boys if they'd be okay with Spacey's behavior. Bet they say hell no. Quote, uh, let's see, David, if it's accepted in the gay community that older gay men, quote, mentor underage gay men into their ways, why isn't it accepted for heterosexual men to mentor underage girl into theirs? Both are wrong, both are rape, period. Then we got this um, from, uh, we'll just call him Al Anonymous. I don't know. He, he signs it, but sometimes I just, I'm, I'm very protective. I'm like a mother hen. Uh, 28-year-old gay man living with a live-in boyfriend, happy. I grew up in the closet, didn't really accept myself until my adult life. Um, I feel I have special insight into some parts of the gay community. You've touched on specifically how it relates to youths. Growing up knowing you're different is tough. This has gotten better for gay and transgender youth, but only recently. Even at a young age, knowing growing up knowing I was gay, or at least not attracted to girls through school, was very isolating. The norm is to talk to your friends in the opposite sex, compare notes, discuss stories and development. When you are scared, you'll be judged or outcast because you feel is different. You end up just bottling it up. Uh, Unfortunately, this doesn't solve your curiosity or your need to grow and develop. In my case, when I finally became comfortable with me, it was when I was an adult. But then he points out, um, uh, I might have sought out a role model or mentor to help me with what I was going through. In other words, an older male who's already gone through this rough patch. I myself have been approached by younger boys and men with this problem. They have feelings and emotions they don't feel comfortable sharing with, quote, normal people because they don't know how they will react. It is easier to, quote, come out or even just talk with somebody they view like them. I don't think that striking up sexual relationships with these confused youths is normal or accepted in gay culture, and I certainly don't condone it. It is not surprising, however, to learn that some gay men mentoring confused youths end up later in relationships with them. I have friends who've had this experience when they were younger. If everyone involved is a consenting adult, then that is what it is. If one party is underage, then the same view stigma should be attached as if a straight older male seduces an underage girl. It is really the same in my view, although he does point out the boy-victim-girl-victim divide and how that's a little complicated in culture. Um, I'm confused, though. I must have forgotten something. How did the how do we ever get into the whole mentoring thing anyway? Because he was drunk and went into a room and crawled on top of a fourteen year old. That's not mentoring anyway. Right. Even if, even if you thought that was okay, that, right. that's well, not what happened there. We were we were mentioning the fact yesterday that uh, among gay men there is a fair amount of that mentoring stuff, and some gay men are pretty soft on the physical part of that mentoring taking place. Our correspondent there says, "Not me and the people I know. Hmm. We're not." Um, yeah, that's the mistake of uh, when you're not in a community to assume that all gay people, black people, white males, or anybody else uh, think as a group. No, that's I've heard over and over that all white people are the same and think the same things. Over and over I hear that. No, you're absolutely right. 
So anyway, I just thought I'd shed light on that. Milo Yiannopoulos got into a hell of a lot of trouble for talking about that. And and he was trying to say that, you know, certainly older teenage boys, it's not rape. It's it's something different. I could see how it'd be tough, though, if you were a teenage boy who had had one of those experiences and it was really important to you. You look back on it fondly. It's like something you're really happy happened in your life. Right. Like I am assuming Milo's situation is. So that'd be that'd be tough. But I certainly don't want to happen to my kid as a 14-year-old. Right. It's just it's, it's the ages. that would, There is a reason lewd and lascivious with a child under 14 is its own charge. Some 25-year-old teacher wanted to sex me up when I was 17. Are you kidding me? That would have been the best thing that ever happened. Unless she ended up being crazy and ruining my life. But that's love, you know. Um, <laughs> that, that can be said of two 25-year-olds as well. Because I've heard that happens. Um. So that matters, but anyway, crawling drunkenly on top of some 14-year-old boy, though? No, not acceptable to anyone in any circumstance. So we're now 48 hours, 72 hours in to this Kevin Spacey, and there's not a whole bunch of people coming forward. The Harvey Weinstein thing, you know, the, 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 the dam broke, and it was just woman after woman after woman after woman after woman. This other director, same thing, mm-hmm. immediately within 24 hours. Hasn't happened with Kevin Spacey. I don't know if that's a gay thing, keeping it quiet, or it hasn't happened. To give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, or what? Yeah, I don't know. I'll stay tuned. Right. What's coming up in your news, Ryan Harris? Well, leading social media outlets say there were thousands of fake Russian accounts and posts that could have influenced the 2016 election. What's in a name? We'll find out from a guy who shares a name with one of those indicted in the Russian interference probe and why the only bats you'll want to touch this Halloween are the rubber ones you hang up with the rest of your decorations. All of that for you in just a moment. Was there a concern of a rampant bat handling this evening? I ain't touching a bat. Bats gross me out. Whoa. Why? It's a flying rat. (laughs) Flying rodents. (laughs) Flying hairless rodents. Oh, Touch me. Come touch me. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way, we are dressed up for Halloween. Sean is wearing a sexy Confederate general costume. The wool is starting to chafe. Which is awesome. Combining one of the two hot things of the day. Nobody's even mentioned my costume. Is it not clear enough? Lasso, Red Brazier, a Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's, uh... I wanted to wear the knee-high boots. It's obviously homemade. <laughs> yeah, put together last minute. <laughs> really, it's... it's and Laura, measure you twice next time you so. Hey, all right, for the record, just for the record, yes, Tony Podesta is going down. Yes, the DNC, they're all dirty. Both sides are dirty. By the time Mueller's through, the jails of D.C. will be packed with traitors. 100% true. (laughs) So one of the Podestas, John Podesta, he's the one that was a campaign in the Hillary campaign, right? Chairman, yes. Yes. He, He just went on a little Twitter storm. Yes, so he started, this was about 25 minutes ago, started with the uh, the sub-note at the end of it, this is one of three, indicating there's going to be multiple tweets coming out. He got through two, it's been 20 minutes, there hasn't been a third, I'm worried something happened. So to we man. think somebody got to him. Mm. You wanna Hillary f- did. 
She came up behind him. Reek, 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 reek. So tweet one of three. Not bad enough that I was the victim of a massive cyber crime directed by the Russian president. Now I'm the victim of a big lie campaign by the American president. Two of three. I'm still waiting for that three of three. Yeah. It should be good. Boy, that is going to be something, though. I mean, that's just known at this point, right? They hired... They were paying the firm to hire the the Russia expert to get in contact with Russia. Right, to get dirt from Russians on Donald Trump. Right, that, what, that's so interesting. Right. Uh, let's get the news now with Ryan Harris. Good morning. Facebook and Twitter are detailing the widespread influence of Russian posts during the 2016 presidential election. In prepared testimony given to the Senate Judiciary Committee, Facebook revealed that 126 million Americans saw Russia-backed posts. Delaware Democratic Senator Chris Coons called for social media to be regulated like other campaign activities. This hearing is an important first step, uh, but I think we need bipartisan legislation that makes it clear that foreign interference in our elections through social media ought to come under the reporting restrictions and the legal restrictions associated with campaign activity in the United States. How in the hell would you do that? Well, if you have to disclose who paid for what ad. Now, they would set up multi-layered uh, obfuscation corporations, the shadow right. companies, and they would get around that and laugh at our, our efforts. You know, direct campaign stuff, fine. But if you take out an ad saying, or, or you pay for a post, because the way it works in social media is it just it gets shot out to more people in more different ways. If I pay for a post saying, I think Democrats and their, their soft socialism will ruin America, is that a campaign ad? Or is that just an expression of political thought? If I say, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter people are fighting for justice and anybody who stands against them is a racist, is that a political ad or is just that just political speech? It's going to be pretty difficult to police a, that. a lot of the stuff the Russians said uh, fit into one of those descriptions or another. They were just political thoughts. And it would be hard to stop that because the two social media giants say that tens of millions of people saw thousands of posts from fake Russian accounts. Posts that spread, of course, after being liked or shared. And that included automated Twitter feeds that tweeted nearly one and a half million times and were viewed close to 300 million times. So those numbers are just staggering. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have any idea as individuals how much of our impression of various stories or people is shaped by the Russians. We have no way of knowing that. A lot of the stuff that I heard that uh, that, that, that that I've forgotten about, but it just left a general impression about something, mm-hmm. could be phony from the Russians. Yeah, impossible to measure what effect that might have had, but yeah. who knows. Well, Facebook, Twitter, Google, all going to be on Capitol Hill today for hearings on Russian influence in the election. Meanwhile, a Michigan man getting fed up with people confusing him with a former member of President Donald Trump's campaign, George Papadopoulos, shares the name with the man who has pleaded guilty to lying about the campaign's ties to Russia. He said on Twitter his name is common in the part of Greece where he's from, and he says uh, by email from Greece to the Detroit News that he got a barrage of media requests, emails, uh-huh. and messages. This George Papadopoulos, not the guy from Webster either, says he has no association at all with the president. I'm telling you, you got a, the same name as somebody in the news and you've got media outlets badgering you for an interview, give them an interview. Absolutely, I would. Go on, have them put on the makeup, powder you, as they like prep you and talk about what they want to talk about. Just say, uh-huh, okay, I understand. Okay, great. Then as soon as the cameras are rolling, say, I'm a postman from Ypsilanti, <laughs> Michigan. I happen to have the same name. Do you people do any research? 
I would make up all kinds of crap. Oh, yeah. If that ever happened to me. Well, it's yeah, not, you got to do that law. first. Yeah, it's not against got... the law. I can say whatever I want. Oh, yeah, I've been working with Trump or Hitler. We call him Hitler. He <laughs> likes us to call him Hitler. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I made I made 11 different trips to Moscow and met with Putin three, no, four times. And he directed me to direct, well, he calls him my little puppet, Hitler Trump, to do X, Y, and Z. Right into the... You know, Wolf Blitzer's eyes would be getting wider and wider. You know, we actually, he actually, behind the scenes when we have meetings, he wears a Nazi uniform. (laughs) It's really something. (laughs) I just make up all kinds of crap until they finally caught on. I'm not the right guy, you idiots. I got the same name, you morons. (laughs) I'm not a fan of Hitler. Yeah, that's the news I want to watch. And finally, a warning just in time for Halloween after a person bitten by a bat died. Uh, shocking that it comes from Florida's Department of Health. The spokesperson there says the victim did not seek treatment. She also says it's important to avoid direct contact with wildlife and to get yourself some help as soon as you can after a bite because untreated rabies will most likely kill you. And by most likely, I mean the odds are 100%. Health officials say the main wildlife sources of rabies in the Sunshine State are raccoons and bats. And that's your news. I'm Ryan Harris on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. It's not rare for me to see a skunk staggering around in the daylight, and they're nocturnal, and uh, skunks get rabies a lot, too. So uh, don't, uh, you know, don't hug a skunk. Bats creep me out, though. Uh, We had bats living under our uh, front uh, patio. It was very exciting. I love bats. I find them fascinating. Weird, like, skin wings? What is that? It's disgusting. They're the creepiest of all Halloween-type decorations, the bat. We got a rubber bat that's so gross, we chase each other around with it. Spiders? <laughs> spider. Big, giant, plastic spider? Yeah, not, rubber? Not... Kind of hairy? Uh, I don't like A little hairy? I don't like mm-hmm. it, but not like the bat. Bat. You want to make me talk? Threaten to put a bat on me. Huh? What? No. Noted. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Handy info. Uh, a lot more to get to on the Armstrong and Getty Show. watched the Wendy Williams talk show, uh, but she walks out moments ago on her talk show, which is on all across America, in a Statue of Liberty costume for Halloween with a weird look on her face and sounds like this. It's time for our How You Doing Halloween uh, costume contest. We do it every year. It's always a lot of fun. Let's get started. Our first caress. She collapses. Wow, she wow. looked she looked scary, bad. Yeah, she. They came back. She was alert and kind of addressed the camera. She said she overheated in her costume. I don't know. I, I don't well, know. TV lights can be really hot and everything. And yeah. she's in front of them. Every I, day. I only share that to say that she has awakened from that. She's not dead. Yes. Is what you're saying? Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, poor gal. I've hardly seen, I mean, I see her in the newsroom as I walk through. She has enormous boobs. <laughs> her bosoms are Teeth. part of her persona, Jack. Uh, obviously. I mean, like, 
like anybody normal would get an operation to do something about. Oh, that, so they? a woman has to get an operation to fit your normal body image to be on TV. Do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? Wow, that was good. God. Because um, that's got to be incredibly uncomfortable in a number of different ways to be built like that. To have bosoms that large? Yeah, yes. the size of bowling balls. Yeah, well, she's uh, she's a little top-heavy. Talented woman, though, really does a nice job, of, as far as I can tell, walking through the newsroom of hosting her show. And she passed out today, so there you go. There's your news. Well, it's um, got to be a metaphor or something, right? Statue of Liberty passes out, our current political... That's, that's got to exactly. be a thing, right? Yeah. Oh, good Trump, point, Sean. Immigrants. Good point, Trump, Hitler. <laughs> Uh, a couple of uh, news stories for you. So, speaking of Trump, his pollster was speaking yesterday. He was the official pollster for Donald Trump during the campaign and says he believes, his numbers, he believes Bernie Sanders would have won the election if Bernie Sanders had been the nominee. He thinks Bernie would have got all the Democrat votes that Hillary got and a whole bunch of the unhappy working class that Trump got, and he believes Bernie would have won. I would have won 27 states! Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. Um, of course, Bernie wasn't subjected to the rigors of the race. So I don't know what true. sort of data this bloke claims to have. That That is true. But, uh, well, the, <clears throat> his explanation makes perfectly good sense. He would have he would have siphoned off a lot of those 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 votes, I think. Sure. And yeah. he would have and he would have gotten Hillary's votes. No yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, I think you're right. So um, uh, and it was a close election. So I believe he could have won. But that's worth remembering if you're a Democrat that 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 party was way more fixed than the Republican Party. They tried to fix it against Trump. He was just too much of a steamroller mm-hmm. to do it. Right. But Bernie never had a chance. Never had never gave him a chance. Nope. They did everything they could to make sure he wasn't the nominee and he would have won. Boy, I tell you, some of you think Mueller and Comey will never uh, be honest. I think you're wrong, but you know we'll see. When when Mueller gets done. And you've got uh, all the disclosures of everybody running around consorting with the Russians trying to get dirt on each other. Man, that's going to be crazy politically. Now, uh, we had a guest on earlier who pointed out that hacking into emails and then distributing them and and helping the hacker, in, in essence, is a crime. It's a felony to hack into an email account. Which is something, it happens so much, I right. tend to forget it. Yeah. So that if uh, some of Trump's underlings actually helped with the WikiLeaker guys or they aided them after that, there could be a crime there. Um, I doubt it's going to be a big crime, a serious crime, but it'll be, a, it'll be a political answer in the end. American voters will look at it, they'll decide who's dirtier. Well, then and the if, media will frantically spin it to left if they can. Well, I got to believe if if you if you got both campaigns that were reaching out to Russia, then uh, then we're going to be everybody's going to be right back to their own camps, right? Yeah. Well, they did it, so we did it, and everything will be where it was before. Mm, I suspect so. Yeah. But who yeah. knows? Who knows what he's going to uncover? In North Korea, this story is out today. They did a nuclear test a while back. It is believed they tested, they did their sixth atomic test, and they've been doing it under this mountain for a long time. Well, the mountain couldn't take it anymore and collapsed, and they think it killed 200 people. Oh, really? Down there. And we were talking about this the other day. One of the advantages these other countries have, like North Korea or China or Russia, 
this sort of thing happens, they they just think, well, price of doing business. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the United States, it would be a horrifying scandal, and it should be, uh, you know, if 200 people were killed in some sort of test of a weapon system. Mm-hmm. But in North Korea, they won't, they won't even they won't even tell the public, let alone worry about it. Sure, if you're old Xi Jinping, you're thinking, well, yeah, there are you know billions of people on Earth. We're seeking to become the most powerful nation on Earth. Yeah, hundreds of people are going to die now and again. But you ever see World War II was tens of millions. I'm not worried about 200 people dying. We got we got our bomb fixed. So yeah, they think that way, and that is uh, an advantage in a way. Absolutely no compunction. And that's our word of the day, compunction. It is? It is. What do you like about the word compunction? Nah, it just sounds good rolling off the tongue. Uh, so uh, how's the uh, the opening Kardashians? you going to talk about that for folks who get the award-winning fourth hour? I may. How much time did you say we have left, Michael? Uh, about 40 seconds, sir. None of us know how much time we have left. That's one of the joys of life, really. That's a good point. That's how you, why you appreciate every moment. I certainly try. If I knew where I'm going to live for certain for another 70 years... How excited would I get about my kids on Halloween? I know that this is all temporary. I'm very excited. Hmm. Hmm? So you're saying mortality is actually a gift? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Can I put it off for a while? Nothing would have any meaning without it. Can I wait, like, a while to get the gift? <laughs> I don't know. Depends on how you eat and exercise. Well, in luck. Whether or not your brakes give out. Why, why are we doing this? I don't know. You brought it up. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And on Halloween. <laughs>